1: Hello and welcome to this episode of This Spiritual Fix, episode 10, season 4. Today we are going to be talking about the different body systems and how they can all work together to help you live a more holistic embodied life. This Spiritual Fix, Two Mystical Mamas Hacking the Self-Help Game, with Anna Strongquist
0: and Christina Wiltsy. Hello, Anna. Hey, Christina. Look at <laughs> that morning. happy ketamine Christina. <laughs>
1: That's why my name starts with a K.
0: Yeah, KK Academy is here. Yeah, I wasn't
1: yeah, that happy. Yeah, I wasn't really happy this morning. I definitely um, didn't do the like proper prep I needed for it. But I just did my third journey last night, and it was pretty amazing. I can understand why people use this as a recreational drug, like not going to lie, especially when you like have the intention and the preparation and you have music and there's no light and it's very like, that's kind
0: of the experience of it. It's pretty great. So people use this as a recreational drug, not just like through a physician?
1: Oh yeah. Special K, special K is oh, ketamine. Yeah.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. I was even watching. I'm not, I'm not, I don't I don't have a God. lot of experience in Olympic drugs. <laughs> me neither.
1: I, I but I have a lot of sober people in my life who explain things to me. But the it was funny because um in Armageddon, in the movie Armageddon, they're trying to like discredit the drillers. The fact that I just recently saw this movie again and saw this. And one of the ways that they were discrediting them was they were like talking about their drug screen and how one of them had a horse tranquilizer in his system, which is ketamine it's like known as a horse tranquilizer so oh, I didn't know
0: that. yeah so
1: i just thought i was like it's pretty funny how um like the propaganda against different things is pretty all pervasive like in movies or in whatever but also yeah that's how i found out about the k-hole which is like the place that people who take a lot of ketamine and a kind of thing will go and most people think some people want to go there and other people are like why would you ever want to go there because you're like basically paralyzed and you're just like sitting in a dissociative state inside your mind, which is exactly what they're trying to get to. Like they're literally, this this process is literally trying to get to that point. Anyway.
0: Wait, you can't just say anyway. What, what is the K-hole? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Good point. The K-hole is basically
1: when you, it, it basically is a, is a place where you become completely dissociated from your body and you are kind of stuck in a hole they call it a hole because it's like you're it's like you're stuck in a space where you're just experiencing very intense and vivid auditory um and visual hallucinations not visual as much but it's dissociative in the sense that you're not seeing it with your actual eyes but you're seeing it inside your mind and it's like very intense in that respect right i say that but for me, every experience I've had with ketamine has been very, very much in my body, but that's my intention. My intention is to feel my body and to like feel how my mind and the higher parts of my mind that get activated can then be pulled into my body. So for me, it's dissociative only to a certain extent in the sense that I don't go into a K-hole that's scary or that is out of control in any way. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what about you? What's been going on with you, Anna? God, I'm in a little bit of a funk right now because I recognize something that I do last night. I'm today years old when I realized that I do something called nostalgia bypass. And I'm going to like coin that phrase. I don't think it's a true phrase. Nostalgia bypass is this thing I do. And I'm sure so many other people do it too, especially the abandonment wounded people who listen to the show that, Basically, when someone has done something really on, okay, let me just start at the beginning, which is to say that I'm really bad at making boundaries. And, And for anyone listening who has an abandonment wound or rejection wound, probably you are too, right? And oh well, no, rejection wound people are. I was like, rejection
1: wounds—they're fantastic. <laughs> they literally make they're like boundaries like and that and are
0: like—they
1: yeah, make boundaries that are like a mile wide. Yeah,
0: yeah, clip and run. Never mind. There's so demilitarized
1: zones around rejection wound people. Right.
0: Yeah. For those of us with codependency stuff or or abandonment wound stuff, it's like really really hard to not only make boundaries but to enforce them. And I was talking to my husband about this because we were just talking in general. And he said, you know, like people deserve three strikes, like everybody deserves some grace. And like everybody, this is true if you're dating, but this can be true with like family members too. Like, you know, everyone deserves three strikes. So everyone can like do three things that are somewhat unforgivable, like forgive them three times. And on the third one, you know what you know, because people are revealing themselves to you. And when I say unforgivable, I don't mean like murder, rape, theft you know, I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about like the more mundane kind of trespasses. Right. So anyways, I was thinking about that. And after my session with Leanne, that channeler, from this collective of multidimensional beings was telling me that I need to be better at boundaries because I'm so quick to forgive and forget because I can see the 5D, like the good, I can see the good in others so easily. Like I can always dissect that, like why they did what they did and like have compassion for what they did and all this. So anyways, after I had that conversation with my husband, I like sat down I thought about all the people who have strikes against me. So I was just like, you know what, like those other two people who have one strike, like whatever, like, I'm just going to observe, you know, what happens. But then these four other people who definitely have more than three strikes against me, I decided to make boundaries with them. So two of them have no clue because we're not in regular touch anyways. Can I, sorry, can I clarify strikes against you? You mean they have,
1: they're, they're holding strikes against oh, you or you hold them towards you hold them. strikes sorry. towards them?
0: Okay. So there's basically six people who have strikes in my book. Okay. Yes. Two okay. of them only have one strike. And so whatever, but there was four people in my life that have multiple strikes against me, more than three. Okay, let me just start all over. <laughs> okay.
1: You, it, can I just say how interesting it is that you keep saying against me?
0: What times. does that mean? I don't know the difference.
1: When you say people have strikes against me, you're not saying I have a strike against you. You're saying I they have a strike against me, as in like their books are full of strikes against me. And you keep mistakenly saying that and i feel like there's something really important there
0: oh no i think i'm misunderstanding the thing because i'm 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 misunderstanding like they've done the thing
1: right so you're seeing it as like the passive voices and like they're doing it against me right but you're the in the active voice you would be saying like they have strikes in my book
0: right which is what you said that that first time yeah okay All right. So basically I did the inventory and there's six people who have strikes in my book. Okay. Two of them, only one strike and, and whatever. And then four other people, they have definitely more than three strikes in my book. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going, I want my life to be more clear. I want to have less drama triangle. I want to only interact with people who are worth my time and energy because they reciprocate. And I am going to I don't want to be like patriarchal and cut them out completely, but I'm like, these are people that I'm not going to invest my time and energy in. I'm not going as far as like blocking them because that's just not my way. But, but like, I'm not making any effort. I'm just like, no. So anyways, I like, I ran into two of them last night, two of these people. And I noticed that I do this thing, which I am going to call nostalgia bypass, which is like starting to reminisce about the past and like sugarcoat all the good stuff and miss the the way things used to be. And it like made me really sad. Like I was feeling really, really sad. Cause I was thinking like when I was with them, I was holding boundaries and it just didn't, first of all, it didn't feel familiar to me at all, but like, it also just didn't feel good. Cause I was, I was feeling reminiscent and romanticizing the way things were. And then I thought, well, like the only thing keeping me from things being good again, is just to forgive and forget. If I just forgive and forget them. Then like, then everything's fine again. Like I can just be the bigger person, forgive and forget. And then everything can go back to the way it was. And I was like, just recognizing how I've been doing that my whole life, but I'm only like really aware of it right now. This concept of like, of like letting people have multiple strikes because you are in this fantasy, I don't know if it's delusion or fantasy or w- nostalgia, but it's like, this yearning for the good times that you're willing to like sweep under the rug, all the, the bad things about these people.
1: Yeah. And I
0: was like, no, no, these people have, have treated you poorly. They've treated your kids poorly. Like, like these are not safe people, but it was just really hard. Cause I could see, I could see like this conversation in my mind between my parts of being like, well, just forgive and forget the man, or just forgive and forget, then everything can be good again. And then this other part of me saying, no, grief is part of boundaries. Grief is normal. And I'm going to feel grief. I'm going to feel the sadness for the loss of a friendship. I'm going to feel sadness for the loss of my faith in these people. And I just need to like be okay with with grieving that, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's also really, really difficult too. I, I think what lends to the nostalgia bypass is that community in general, whether you have a community of friends, whether it's people you live near, whether it's people you work with, like whatever it is, we have this certain requirement in some ways to say that we're going to keep things okay, like that on the surface level, we're going to kind of pretend that everything's okay. And so it kind of leads to, it can lead to a very shallow experience, right? Because like, you're just like, hey, everything's okay, even if it's not. So even if you have a, a, a work coworker that you don't like, you know, you're also kind of in that place where you're just like, okay, well, I, I need to be professional with my coworker, right? So we have all these like shallow states of being. And I feel like nostalgia bypass really lends to that, right? Where it's kind of like saying like, I want everything to just be okay. So I'm going to pretend that everything's okay, which is going to be where most people operate. Most people operate in a place where they're just kind of shallow and they may feel terrible or not like somebody, but they're going to pretend that everything's okay, right? They're going to pretend that that works. And, you know, when you're used to deep, deep diving into life and deep diving into interactions, it can feel like a betrayal of yourself to go into that pretend place, right? But it feels so much better, right? Because it, it it's what everybody else does. It's what the community does, right. right? Like if you're gonna go against the grain and decide that you have an issue with somebody, then you're just creating, you're, you're seen as being, as creating drama or creating schisms within the community, which is, you know, which is always very, very difficult to do. So when your boundaries are up against pressure to not have a boundary, like, there's a lot of love and forgiveness for yourself in that. Right. Cause that's a hard thing to do.
0: Yeah. It just, it just sucks. And I feel like I'm still kind of recovering from that and digesting that of like, just being like, I want things to be good, but I don't want to, I don't want to like betray myself or abandon myself and my needs to be around people. And yeah, it's just,
1: yeah. Especially you. Cause I feel like you're so wonderful at reaching out to people and you're so good at communicating and all that kind of stuff. So for you to make the choice to not communicate often and, you know, amicably, or, you know, like kind of just, I'm the the
0: initiator in this, in this dynamic, like I'm the initiator of the friends, which is, yeah, I'm usually the initiator. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, just to like, be like, I'm not initiating. It's just weird. And I, and I think that our listeners can relate. Because I made a TikTok about it, and like 10 people were like, I do this too. (laughs) I needed to hear this. You know, I think it is something we all do. Like, it's just so easy. And society just lends to this falseness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many? Yeah. I think all of us can probably remember a time that they wish they could relive. And then even if you try and get back in the exact same place with the exact same people, sometimes it works. Sometimes it's like no, no time has passed, but a lot of the time, especially if there was any enmity between anybody, it's just, you can't recapture those times, right? And we want to so badly, right? Because they can represent so much more. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry you're going
0: through that. That's okay. I'll I'll sort it out. And in the end, it's like ironic because I know that like ultimately, I probably will forgive and forget. (laughs) That's my pattern. But I really hope that maybe this time is different, and I can just hold boundaries and be like, and be like, you guys are just in the five D. You're awesome. In the three D, you're not good for me or my family. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, and and this is also it. Also speaks to the fact that like most communities like i said coworkers or whatever whatever the form of friendship like friend group whatever you know in its most pure form there are elders and mediators in the community who can help facilitate forgiveness that is not bypass right that comes from like a place of mutual like people discussing and being like hey this person doesn't feel safe with you Right. Because it's for the sake of the community to keep it together that people are like, hey, we have to address the fact that you guys aren't talking or that this person doesn't feel safe with you. Right. But that doesn't exist in almost no, not any, in our, in not, not in almost any of our Western cultures. Right. So because we don't have those systems of elders who are willing to step in and be like, hey, you know, sometimes you're left with having to do this nostalgia bypass in order to make things okay. Right. When really, like in its most fully functioning form, that's being addressed. Right. And your feelings are important and your feeling of being unsafe is incredibly important. Like, Mm -hmm. and that, that you express that and you don't just keep it to yourself. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't know why I use that word as a transition word, but I'm using it as a transition word today.
0: (laughs) What are we talking
1: about? (laughs) What are we talking about today? Well, we just covered the six hungers a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that you talked about right in the beginning of that episode was you're like, there are a lot of different bodies, but today we're going to talk about the physical body. And I realized Mm -hmm. that we've done a bit of a disservice to our listeners because we haven't actually given them the basis for kind of a lot of the thoughts that we have in terms of the bodies, the multiple bodies that we all have. Right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And and. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about this, because this is a subject near and dear to my heart. And Anna has been right there along with me in this entire journey. We've mentioned a couple of times the book that Anna wrote, and she has like one chapter left, which guys, guys pressure her to write the chapter. It's, on. <laughs> it's the cycle of joy, which was, which was channeled from Archangel Michael and that was all about kind of clearing and shadow work and like how you're basically making your body, you know, addressing implants, addressing different imbalances and densities that happen in your body as they come up and kind of doing this process of clearing. We've talked about that briefly in the past. So we may or may not, I don't think we have mentioned the fact that at the same time I was channeling from Archangel Uriel, a book called what at the time was called the Everybody Workout. And this was a play on words because it, is, it was an understanding that we don't just have a physical body. We actually have numerous different bodies that are unseen and they all contribute to our health and well-being. And so just as we exercise the physical body, so too should we exercise the rest of the bodies. This is not a new concept, the fact that we have bodies. This is something that is seen in numerous different cultures, which I'll get to in a second. But it was a it was basically I just started channeling this idea to understand, you know, not only what are the different bodies, which we will get into and what are their properties, but like how they can actually help us. And so that's kind of what I want to start with, like, why do you actually care about bodies and why are we kind of introducing this other other system in here at first? So first off. I'm going to be describing six bodies and three kind of what i would call they're not bodies they're more like vehicles Uh, and initially those six bodies are the physical mental and emotional which kind of make up the the lower third or the soul level and then the upper ones there are two spiritual bodies in the kind of channeled system that i have which are the masculine and feminine and they have specific names which i'll get to and then there's the atma right so there's like that high source self that comes into it and that's kind of that sixth body and then the three sub bodies are the ones that you guys may or may not have heard of astral body everybody talks about the astral body that's kind of what would be considered a vehicle for consciousness the karmic body which is a vehicle for karma pulling karma into your life and then the love body which is a vehicle for bringing love into your life so just to get that out of the way those are kind of the the three the 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 three sub bodies and the six initial bodies so Can why you, do like, just we care? Say it
0: one more time just because yeah okay just like so yeah. have like a map in my head yeah
1: so I'm going to do it from top to bottom very okay. top is the Atma is the source is that highest spiritual body it's unified it's one it's the closest thing we have to the zero state right to like the place where everything is there that's, it then splits into two, which is the masculine and feminine aspects of the spiritual, the three of those together make up like what you would call like the spiritual, the the upper third is what you would call them. Right. Kind of in terms of their, their frequency, right. The lower third are the physical, the mental and emotional bodies. Okay. So a lot of the other systems, which I will briefly explain here have very similar things so you guys may or may not have heard of those right so uh, a lot of a lot of books just god so many books Uh, you're on mute oh sorry
0: this is the lower third like below the physical mental and emotional is the etheric what was it again is that what you're talking about now
1: yeah 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 so that's the karmic the etheric is the karmic body is kind of what i was talking about there i'm actually going to talk about the other systems here
0: oh okay but what was the lower third?
1: Oh, okay. Three vehicles are what I would call the astral body, which a lot of people are very familiar with, which is just like a vehicle, right? It basically moves consciousness around so that you can kind of go other places outside of your body, the karmic or etheric body. I used to call it the etheric body. I call it the karmic body now and the love body right? So those are kind of the three, what I would call the sub bodies. So those are the nine that I'll be kind of briefly describing today. So other systems, you will often find in so many different books all over the place, they talk about four main bodies, especially in Western traditions, they usually talk about just having the physical, emotional, mental and spiritual bodies, right? And that's kind of it, you're not going to get any other sub bodies, you're not going to kind of get any delineation from there. The yogic system, so in Eastern systems, and I'm pretty sure Chinese, the Tao has also different levels of bodies, but I won't do those today's because I'm not as familiar with those, but the yogic system has what are called koshas, which are, or sheaths in other words, and they are a different, basically using different lines to kind of subset these. The first one is kind of what's called the food body. And the food body is all about the physical, right? It's all about like, and, and especially in the kosha system, it's all about like, what is coming into your system at this point, right? So for them, they're talking about how food, the food body is where like physical nourishment comes into the system, you know, like where the things that are necessary to sustain your survival are coming in, right? And that's very root chakra, right? So their system corresponds with the chakra system. Going up a level, you then have the vital air, right, which is going to be taking in another level of sense, of sense organs is what they would call them. Right. So basically uh, the feeling and touch and light and things like that come in at the vital air level, right, which is the next level up because it's all about what you're ingesting at that level. And then the mental. Is basically all the sense all the senses that are left over from the rest of those. So basically the mental is is all the senses that that basically come into your system. Then we kind of make a slight distinction in that we then go from the mental to the intellectual, which is a really interesting, you know. Most people I feel like wouldn't necessarily distinguish that. I, in the system that I channeled, mental is mental but they have mental and intellectual. intellectual. Intellectual, the difference between them being that mental is more about what the the mind takes in and the intellectual is about how it actually processes the information.
0: Right. So being able to like, I know she's trying to say, yeah, like yeah. being able to critically examine. Exactly. Think. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And then the top one is the bliss body, right? and so in different levels and in different systems you're actually experiencing you're able to experience those different bodies and and that's how that's kind of changing around the senses in your system so again i still haven't answered this question why do you care why do we care about the bodies so what are the things that happened in my ketamine experience last night which i'm still processing and so i won't really go into i'm going to go more into like the traditional understanding of why i thought this was important was you know, beyond the fact that we all kind of need to keep our body, we want to keep our bodies healthy, right? We want to keep our bodies healthy. And or we want to keep our body helpful, like using the singular, like our physical body, and the way that we experience ourselves in the world, we want to be healthy, right. And sometimes, and so often, when I meet with my clients, what I will see is I will see that their physical body may be okay. But that their their emotional body is 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 underbalanced, right? Like it's under, it's 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 working in an under underwhelmed way, right? Or or the the mental body is overactive and thus making it so that the emotional body is lesser. And one of the things I always say is, you know, coffee and alcohol is this crazy combination where basically Like if you drink coffee in the morning, you're turning on your, you're amping up your mental body and you're shutting down your emotional body because you don't want to think about what you don't want to do, right? Like you don't feel like doing work, right? So you drink coffee so that your mind starts working and your emotional body quiets down. And then at the end of the day, you drink alcohol, which then turns on your emotional body and turns off your mental body. Right? So your inhibitions go away, which is the mental, and then your emotions go up, which is the emotional, like how you feel about your day or how you feel about anything. So when we don't have these systems in balance, what ends up happening is it usually will show up first as it, it, what I would say is, is it basically, it goes from the outer less dense body. So like in the spiritual realms, and then it starts to come closer and closer to the body until it finally physically manifests. So this is the example. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard this, but you know, when someone's like, Hey, my knee just started hurting out of nowhere, right? They'll be like, my knee just started hurting out of nowhere. And then if I go into it energetically or somebody else I know goes into it energetically, they'll be like, okay, well, this actually started on your emotional body, right? And like your, your inability to feel like you can be flexible or move yourself forward or one of the other things that, you know, like whether it's something that Louise Hay says or any of the mantras associated with the physical things that happen in the body, and so by addressing it on the emotional level, it alleviates it on the physical level, right? So Anna, have you come across any of this, interestingly, on, in your work with this when it comes to, you know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, I didn't actually, I didn't prep you for this question, but you know.
0: You mean in my job as a physical therapist?
1: Yes, in your job as a physical therapist.
0: Whew, well, I feel like that's a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> it's a can of worms to go into it's a lot of chicken and egg there's a lot of um it's just it's just so complicated with neural pathways and patterns of focusing on chronic pain and there are personalities for example there's a condition called fibromyalgia and it and it typically affects women and it typically affects people who are type a personalities So it's one of the few chronic pain syndromes where they actually can correlate personality with it, right? And then there are people who actually have nothing physically wrong with their body, but they will experience it, right? For example, their legs will go paralyzed, but there's no physical reason for it to go paralyzed. It's actually in their mind. And in those cases, ironically, or fittingly enough, the treatment is to actually just treat it like it was a physical ailment, but then you have to give a lot of suggestions. So you have to be like, well, typically people with this condition start walking about around, you know, in one week, you're gonna probably start walking. And then, like, in a week, they start walking. So you you kind of, because it's actually not happening in the physical body, you address it in the mental body. And then it does end up happening, as you've suggested. So there there's just, like, so many situations in my job like this. You know, I have more of a foot in neurological illnesses yeah. than, like, physical ones. And in those, there's a lot of research suggesting that Alzheimer's and Parkinson's originate in the gut. Yeah. So... That to me is very interesting how the relationship with like what you eat or pesticides you've been exposed to, things like that, change how you think and change your mind. So it's just kind of fascinating. Like
1: It's completely fascinating. It's completely fascinating. And that is so interesting. That is so much amazing stuff that I just learned. And I'm so glad I asked you. <laughs> I think I I'm just like. I'm always just so, you know, we talk about mind-body connection. That when, when I hear a lot of people talk about mind-body connection, that's where I'm always just like, feel like we're kindergartners talking about it. We're like, the mind and the body are connected, right? And you're just like, it's so much more complex than that. And it's also so much more powerful than that,
0: right? Like people like this this is fascinating for some people i don't know but like for example with like chronic pain if you focus on pain and think about your pain then when that pain is actually physically alleviated you still experience the pain because you have created loops in your brain for this pain and so part of dealing with chronic pain is not just the physical you have got to deal with it on the mental wow. and then there's something called phantom limb pain which is when you get an amputation and you experience that limb being constricted or tight and you have to sometimes do mirror therapy where you, have you know about mirror therapy? I don't know. Okay. So like, let's say my arm, my right arm got amputated and I have my left arm and my right arm is in constant pain because in the moment of amputation or the accident, I was clenching my fist. So I constantly feel like my, my fist is clenched, even though there is no arm. Mm Right. Right. And so one of the ways you can treat this is you stick a mirror in the midline of their body and you clench the left fist, but you look at the mirror reflection. So it looks like you do have a right arm and then you slowly unclench that left fist. And so the right arm then finally can relax. So there is just so much about the mind and the body and the neurology and It's just, it's just, it's just another example of like, it's, it's, it's not one or the other, it's everything.
1: It's, it is, it is everything. And that's really where, where we get down to the where or why, oh my Lordy. Um, where we get down to the why of why do we actually care about these bodies? And like, why are we even trying to describe this as a thing is that the way that I kind of use the analogy is that like, all of us think that we're driving like a mini Cooper right cuz we think that the you know maybe we have an understanding of the aura which means that maybe we like have an understanding of like having an suv right of you know in terms of like the the area that we're taking care like that we're that we're kind of looking after right it's like oh like i put i put moisturizer on my skin every day and I'm taking care and and, you know, like that means I'm keeping my Mini Cooper clean, right? Or like I said, if if you have some understanding of your aura, you're like, oh, I'm like washing the outside of my SUV. And this is all an analogy for like, basically like how big your system really is that like, where is where that you're governing right that that, like you determine the health of like how big is that system right when we think it's just a physical body we think we're a mini cooper when we think it's a physical body and maybe like the auric field or something like that then we think that we're maybe as big as an suv right or or a truck or something like that but in actuality our system is like a big (laughs) it's like a big rig with like a trailer like a you know 20-foot trailer a 30-foot 40-foot trailer on the back that has like a car and it's hauling an rv and it's hard you know it's like it's such a humongous system and if you start to actually recognize how big your system is then not only can you be more careful about how you drive but you can also use those things to your advantage right like you can also work on getting them healthy and clean and working and kind of efficient being in balance with everything else in order to make the system work well so basically that is the ultimate goal of all of these bodies and understanding them is that you are trying to keep them in balance no one system should be more in charge than any other system right and so this leads back to the original time when anna and i were in our text place before you know, years and years and years before we became podcast people who would talk about our texts, Anna, she was channeling the cycle of joy. And she said to me, she texted me one night and she's like, okay, Archangel Michael is telling me that there are three things. Do you remember this text, Anna? Like, I remember this text. So the text was like, Archangel Michael says that there's like three main ways that we can affect our health or something like that. It may have not been health, it may have just been like our overall system, like how we can actually affect the way that things oh, work Oh,
0: yeah these bodies yeah these interconnect
1: right right and and so you had been channeling all the system of the cycle of joy so you basically have all the bodies that are in the cycle of joy right and so one of the answers that archangel michael gave was the cycle of joy it was like one of the ways that you can affect the bodies and and then the second thing you said was exercise and then that's when i that's when my channeling cycle basically started right was when I was just like exercise I was like what does that even mean like how do you exercise the bodies right and I don't know for me now it feels like a very kind of almost a rudimentary concept but at the time yeah, we it were was, like
0: what does that mean exercise yeah, these bodies yeah
1: we had no idea right and maybe for our listeners that's the same case so like what do you mean by exercise our bodies because it feels like so much evolution has happened since that point but like if I were to go back to that moment I just started texting you and texting you. I was like oh my god it's this it's this and this and the next day I started writing and the next day I I started writing the whole book and it became it, it came out like stereo instructions. Like you know it's very like reference manual sort of thing, but I was really amazed at how much information came out about the different bodies as well as how you can keep them in balance because keeping them in balance is so important so one of the things that anna and i used to do when we were first kind of discovering the bodies in general was we would uh, we would play around with them right anna do you want to explain uh, any of the any of the stories or tell your other story about the car
0: oh well it was funny because we were like what does he mean what does he mean what does he mean and then later that day i was at a car wash and my car died like my car battery died and it was so funny because it took not me but like it took like three people to get my car to work I remember it was weird because like as this was happening I had this sense you know like when you're like something's happening and you feel like you're watching it from above yeah and it just feels like a dream and you're like something is happening here and it's more important than what it looks like so I was like having that feeling like this is really important. I need to pay a lot of attention. And basically it was like one person had jumper cables and another person's car was parked in a position that they could actually charge my car. And then another person some could do, like, I can't remember what the third person did. And then there was me starting the car, but like somehow it took four. Oh, I think one person was translating to so oh. communicate. Like it was something like where it ended up taking four of us to get my car to start. And everyone kind of like took turns making it happen. And I was like, this is what he's talking about. It's like musical chairs. Like we all take turns in the driver's seat. We all take turns contributing to getting the car to run. Yeah. Like it was just like this. It was like I got chilled. It was like, this is what he's talking about. Like we need to all kind of take turns contributing to driving the car. Whereas usually, especially in like our very cerebral Western culture, that mental body ends up driving the car most of the time, right?
1: It does. It does. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So let's get into the bodies themselves. All right. So the first is the physical body. And the physical body is kind of what we all know and love. The fascinating thing about the physical body, though, is that there is not a better mechanism because it actually moves and and exists in the world it's capable of affecting and balancing the other bodies probably better than any of them, right? Because it's, it's from the point where they all come together, right? They're all coming together in the body. So an example of this is if your emotional body is stunted, like if it, it's, if, if it's under balance, if it's not working correctly, you can exercise, you can, you can breathe, you can do a number of different things with the physical body in order to balance the emotional body. And for, for for a lot of us, that's the only thing we've ever been doing. So the runner's high is a great example of basically shutting down an overactive mental body, pulling up the emotional body so that you experience that sense of euphoria because you're kind of pulling on those spiritual bodies, right? like those spiritual bodies are kind of being activated because you've exhausted the mental body And the physical body is allowing you to go into a trance state. So basically it's, it's a way of like that form of exercise. When you exercise enough to get that runner's high and you run enough to get that runner's high, then you're actually creating a temporary balance in the system, which causes you to feel euphoric and fantastic, right? You know, medicine or, or science would say it's endorphins and it's things like that what we're saying is that it's actually something greater than that, right, which is that you're getting a temporary s- sense of what it's like to really have balanced bodies. And so so the physical body is is kind of, like I said, it's in in a lot of ways, it's able to affect all the other bodies, and it's fantastic in its ability to do that. Okay, so the next one is the mental body. And the mental body is what we're probably all familiar with, and it's probably all what is is causing possible imbalances in people who maybe listen to podcasts a lot and you know don't necessarily feel as much in their bodies maybe they feel a lot and you can do all those sorts of bits but we would i would characterize the mental body as a masculine body because of the fact that it is oriented within the body in terms of like the mind in terms of that system within the mind and it's also governed uh this is just like a little side tidbit but it's also governed by electricity right because when you have electroshock therapy or something along those lines that is capable of directly affecting the operation of the mental body and the balance that it has within the body and it's also neurons you know synapses and things like that are governed by electrical signals so it makes a lot of sense that you can use electricity to directly affect the mental body through the physical body Uh, and we've all had experiences of having the mental body out of balance the mental body in its most balanced form is meant for problem solving and it is meant for idea generation, right? Like that's kind of where it it shines, where it starts, stops to become stops, becoming useful is when it is overactive and generates uh, anxiety and a lack of relaxation in the body. Basically it pulls the body out of a relaxed, balanced state. Because it's overthinking about something. It's becoming obsessed with something. We've talked a lot about why that can happen. That has a lot to do with shadow. That has a lot of, lot to do with other things. But the mental body has a very kind of, it needs to stay in its lane. And it often does not stay in its lane. It often will kind of go outside of that. Do you have any examples of that, Anna, in your life? I'm sure I feel like of everyone's what? probably got it. Of when the mental body becomes overactive.
0: Well, I guess for me, when my... Yeah when my nervous system is mobilized and i think 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 and put too much on my plate and i get irritated easily and yeah can lead to at the at its worst i think it can lead to like panic attacks yeah yes
1: yeah that's exactly so i would say that the mental body when the emotional body is not doing the work the mental body will sometimes overwork in that mobilized state and will cause anxiety because it basically will just generate thoughts that stimulate something that appears to be an emotion, but isn't actually an emotion, right? It's a panic attack or it's something like that. It causes a physiological reaction, which is not what we're looking for. So that's the mental body. And moving right along, we're gonna go straight into the emotional body, which is more of a feminine energy or a yin energy. And the emotional body is the governor of energy in the body. So that's its main job. I would say it is a factory that is constantly generating energy for us and sometimes that factory gets gummed up with stuck emotions with you know uh, any of the number of different things that we've talked about are reasons in which basically if you've vacated any supervision over your emotional body it may not be working as efficiently as it could right it's very rare that it's completely shut down It's almost always working because if we're alive, we need energy and we need the emotional body to generate that energy for us.
0: Wouldn't that be immobilized?
1: It is. It's exactly that's exactly when you said that I was just like, oh, that's that's how that connects is that when you are dysregulated and in an immobilized state, it is likely that you are your emotional body is basically taking over and either becoming overbalanced, right? Like either becoming overactive or becoming underactive, but like either way you're that, immo- that immobilized form and an example of an immobilized form would be depression, right? Because that's where you're basically, it feels like depression is when you are, you're physically immobilized, right? And it feels like you don't feel anything, but it's actually an overactive emotional body, if that makes sense, right? Because it's kind of doing its job too much and causing an imbalance in the system. Whatever whatever kind of works in times of thinking that. All right, so that is what the three of those things are what I would call makes up the kind of soul level because those three things are what we bring or what are active in this life, what we have active access to in this life. And it, the repository of, of things that get created in them, those bodies usually transfer into the other bodies when we pass away. Right, because the physical and emotional mental bodies basically pass away when we pass away out of this body all right so going into the upper third the upper third are the masculine and feminine spiritual bodies and then that atma which is that like united spiritual body and the what i call the what what i would call the masculine spiritual body is called the i call the hermetic body is what i channeled and basically the hermetic body is imagine it's personified as like the austere monk Right, who doesn't want to eat, who doesn't want to like, who just stays in stillness, who seeks stillness in all things and only and and basically wants that kind of austere, austere, ascetic life where you're giving up all worldly possessions and all that you need is inside and, and contained within you. That is like the personification of that body. And when the mental body can't work, in the way that we need it to when it has a problem that it can't it feels intractable like it's not able to get past. One of the gifts of the hermetic body is that it is able to turn on the contemplative mind right, which is like. What I would call the slow hopper right, it takes a lot longer to come up with a with a decision when you put things in the contemplative mind as opposed to like the decisive like i'm just deciding 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 deciding. When you put things up and you kind of what I would say like calling the mental body's manager or big brother. Then all of a sudden, the Hermetic is going to come up with an answer that speaks higher to spirit. When you have a problem that you don't understand correctly, or you can't, you can't get to by just a really quick, simple that like decision. Decision,
0: your intuitive voice very clearly.
1: Exactly, exactly, right. So that that can be a number of different things, but the voices that come from intuition are sitting in the Hermetic body. Okay. So moving over to the feminine spiritual body, that's the elemental body. And the elemental body is dirty and raw and bloody and transmutes everything. It's completely creative and it can turn anything into anything else, right? It's just like, it's just this like fecund mess of beauty. And it is what is basically capable of turning, I, w- I would call it like the photosynthesis body, right? It basically turns the light that comes from Atma, from that highest body, and it turns it into emotion that we can actually eat, right? That, that actually like fuels that factory, right? So the original emotion that comes into the body comes from this kind of fecund creative place that's basically transmuting light, the light of source into light that the body can eat right? And that it can actually handle so that it's actually something that we can ingest on a different level. And so one of the hallmarks of the elemental body is that it is wild nature. So anytime that you have an emotion that is stuck in the body or that you are having a really big fight or something along those lines, take it outside. And I mean, take it outside, not as in you want to have a fight. I mean, but you can't have a fight a physical fight, but we're not talking about that i'm talking about when you sit inside and have a fight you're basically all the emotions and everything are bouncing off the walls. So if you walk outside, then you are able to have that fight in an environment in which it is helping you process the emotion, and it will end the fight much, much sooner and will also help you actually resolve those feelings when you're outside the, and you can actually use nature to help absorb those huge feelings that you're having if you can't regulate in any other way. All right, and so then we have the Atma, which is the light and source. It kind of describes, it, it defies description in the sense that it's just, it's just all that it is, right? And uh, basically, like I was mentioning about how the elemental body basically takes the light from Atma and turns it into something that we can ingest in the same way um, the hermetic body takes the sound from Atma, right? Which is that voices, whatever you wanna say, and basically turns it into something that we can understand. So there's, you know, you have a whole matrix. This whole matrix of systems is actually a beautiful balance. And when all of them are working correctly, you can keep the body, you can address any imbalance that exists in the body just simply through those. And let me give you an example of this. So I dated a guy when I um, first got out of college, and he was kind of my first introduction to holistic health, meditation, so many different things, right? I dated him for five years, and he was an amazing teacher in my life. I can see that now. Uh, At the time, I did not see that because I had a lot of things, but I was recently reading a letter that he gave me, and I was like, oh, okay, so he saw me. And he was just trying to tell me that, like, he could see the conditioning that I had come from and he could see from all the things that I was basically suffering under of how I had been raised and how I had chosen what I had chosen to take on from how I had been raised. And he was just like, I see this. We can get you through this. Right. It's just funny. And then the experience of it really felt terrible being with him for all that time. Um, so he had the story that was just the most enticing thing to me in the world because my mother had died of cancer. He said that he basically got diagnosed with cancer of the spine when he was in his, he was about 20. He basically had this massive lump on the bottom of his spine and he was capable of, they basically said he had three months to live. So he went and never went back to the doctor again. Right. He basically decided that he needed to completely change his life at that time. He was playing rugby all the time. He was eating crap. He was drinking all the time. He was just, you know, he was living a life of excess of like a typical Kiwi male sort of thing doing that stereotypical. And he just decided he wasn't going to live like that anymore. So he went to an Ayurvedic doctor, which is an Indian medicine doctor. And that Ayurvedic doctor basically gave him a diet that spoke to all the bodies, right? It was there to, it it basically gave him a regimen that allowed his physical body to only eat foods that were balancing to it, that allowed his mind, uh, basically a regimen of meditation and routine that allowed his mind to balance itself out. And then for the uh, and then he basically went to a monastery every day after that and, you know, started meditating religiously. (laughs) Isn't that funny we use that term routinely meditating all the time. And then he also did like a, a bit of a cleansing experience, right, where he was using herbs from his native country from New Zealand to cleanse his body. So bodies is what I would say. So he he always mentions how, like in that time you know, he could feel how out of balance his bodies were, he could feel how he could feel the, the congestion that was happening in one of his bodies or the other, because he just started meditating so much that he could sense it on a high level. And so that diet was speaking to all his bodies. And then his other piece, basically, he had to do this intense period of five years in which he was living this completely he was very who's pulling on what I would call the hermetic body was very austere and everything like everything was very very regimented in his life right but it made it so that he was able to balance out his bodies in a very deliberate manner and he I mean it's been 30 years right and he's he's been in and out of remission that whole time right he's been in periods of having you know exceeding sickness and then and then cleansing again and trying to get the bodies in balance and then he's in balance and then he's okay for a while and then he's not and it's just it's this fascinating thing where I basically could see for the five years I was with him I could see him go through this dance of trying to figure out the balance in the bodies and a lot of ways I felt like that was my my boot camp of observation of just like recognizing that you know because I would see him do his yoga he would do his yoga every single morning you know he would he would eat only the foods that that balanced him and he would recognize when he had eaten too much of another food that would keep him out of balance right and so he was always so aware of all of these different aspects of himself and making sure that they were all in balance so that he could stay in the human form
0: have you kept up with them like what happened
1: yeah yeah no I have i um, I we email each other every once in a while And uh, he's gone on to do the 30 and 45 day Vipassana retreats. Like he's basically become a monk effectively.
0: He stayed in remission.
1: And he stayed in remission. Yeah. I mean, he, like I said, he occasionally will get really sick every couple of years. He'll get, he'll get really sick again. And um, he's gone through quite the journey in order to stay in the human form. But he does. So It's it's a, it's a pretty amazing story and example for me of like how, how the body staying in balance can really aim to that, that health and really get us healthy.
0: I have a similar story, but it's about one of my best friends who was diagnosed with breast cancer at a very young age. And she went to the doctor. First of all, this is the whole story is interesting. She went to a shaman who said, you've got something going on with your breast. You need to go get it checked out. So she goes and checks it out and it turns out it's cancer and the doctor wants to operate and do chemo radiation. And I'm not advocating to do this. Okay. This is, this is my friend. She said, no, I'll get my breast removed, but I am not going to do chemo radiation because you know about illness, but I know about healing. So she goes back to the shaman and she says, I want you to heal me of whatever emotional reason has caused us cancer. Cause she firmly believed that it came from her mind or her emotional body. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying, I'm not advocating to do this. I'm just saying this as an example, right? Yeah. Everybody has their own so, journey. Yeah. Right. So she goes into hypnosis. I think I've told the story on the show before, but she basically goes back and sees herself as a fetus in her mother's womb and her mother's in an abortion clinic and she's about to abort her. And then last minute changes her mind. and decides she's going to keep the baby. And my friend was really mad. And she said, I can't believe you were going to kill me. I'm going to take revenge. And I'm going to die at a young age once you're attached to me so that you can suffer. And then she had a very big catharsis where she released a lot of emotion and anger at her mother, and she cried. And then she went to her mother and said, hey, like, I know this doesn't make sense because I'm the middle-born of three. Like, why would you ever have thought of aborting me? Um, uh, you know, maybe the first, maybe the last, but why the middle? And did this really happen? And the mother's like starts breaking down crying. She's like, it happened. I was in a really bad Place with your dad, and I was going to leave him. And I contemplated aborting you, but then I couldn't do it, so I left the clinic. So, anyways, and then, then after that, she had a surgery and she gets her checkups every five years. And she's been cancer free now for like 20 years without chemo radiation, just the surgery. And she says that she healed that because she released the, the stuck emotions. Yeah. But I want to just preface this with, I am still pro-choice <laughs> because the story might make- Yeah, no, I think that's really important you say um, that. I was going to say I the same wanna, thing. I just want to preface this with, like, I think people listening might say, well, this is proof that like we shouldn't have abortions. My experience and my experience talking to other shamans is that when a soul is going to be aborted, they know, and they don't take up residency in that physical body. They might visit and leave, but they are aware that, like, this is part of the mother's journey and this is part of their life journey, and they will not necessarily take up residence. It's kind of like when you're building a home and you go check on the home, but you're not ready to move in. It's, you know, like, I'm going to go check on the house. Let's go see how the kitchen's coming along. Let's go see how the roof is coming along. But, like, I'm not going to actually move into the house until the house is ready. So, that's the analogy I've been given. And I agree with it from my own experiences that you know, the soul will not take up residency in a home that is not going to actually come to completion. So, although that story might say, you know, pro-life, 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 obviously, yeah, I I am pro-choice. Like, I, I think ultimately you make the decision.
1: Right. And, and in a lot of ways that's, I mean, you know, that's like one of the things that, that one of our teachers always talks about is he's always just like, you're, you're on exactly the place you need to do. Like your friend may have waited lifetimes to have that experience, right? Of almost being aborted and then, you know, and then being able to come through the emotional catharsis of like when she was older and she had the choice of doing it. Mm It may have waited so long for that. And who are we to say that that is not what that was, it was exactly what was intended, you know? We all have to do what we feel is right and what we feel is our path within our own bodies. And you, you know, there's no I mean, I mean, that's just it. Being able to, you know, controlling anybody else's spiritual path, controlling anybody else's body, let's just say that I'm bodies, whether it's the emotional, mental, spiritual, or physical body is unacceptable, right? That's why you always ask for consent. Right. When you're when you're doing any healing modality, when you're doing anything like that, like because people have to be able to determine whether or not you are meant to come into their life and, and change something or adapt something that's in their body. And it is incredible, even if they're not even aware of it on on whether or not they want to do it most, you know, we can hope that people will listen to their instinct and be like, yeah, I do want this or no, I don't want this. And asking for that consent and having people have the autonomy over all of their body systems is incredibly, incredibly important. So, with that, as we talk about bodies, um, you know, we're going through a tough time right now in America, with with this being taken away. And and what Anna and I would say is you no, know, was was what, what Robbie would say is is everyone's gotta act in the way they feel is necessary to act, but also um, to keep the highest timeline, the best and highest timeline in their mind all the time. Right. So like even when it feels like everything is terrible or every, every, even when it feels like things are very difficult, keep that best and highest timeline of what you want to see the world look like. Keep that as your North Star. Keep reminding it. Pull yourself onto that timeline and everybody else will pull onto a similar timeline and we can move, we can move the needle, y'all. So I just want to say that there for, for the Americans and for anyone else who's helping support right now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Spiritual Fix. Have you emailed us or gone to our website and submitted a form about your primal wounds? We would really love to hear your feedback, even if it's just a moment, even if it's just something helpful, even if it's just a sentence, we would love to hear it from you as well as the longer stories we're here for it so go to our website www.thisspiritualfix.com or send us an email at this.spiritual.fix at gmail.com thanks for listening and remember humility gratitude
0: acceptance done
1: Book a free call with me at wwwchriswilseycom forward slash discover. Hey, TSF family. So, in case you weren't aware, all of you are healers. We are all healers in the way that we do the work on ourselves so that we can show up better in the world. And by doing that, we model, and every single one of you is doing that. We are all healers. We are all spreading our light. We are all addressing our shadows. And I just wanna first say, way to go. I also wanna say, if you feel stuck, I'm here. I do intuitive readings, I do intuitive clearings. I help the healers heal. Healing is the practice of integration in which we recognize and accept all parts of us so that we can love all parts of us. The more we love all parts of us, the more that we can love and accept and heal others. So in perpetuity, all TSF family will receive a 15% discount on their first sessions or healing sessions with me. I'm so grateful for y'all and I hope to see you soon. Use the code TSFFAMILY, all one word, for your discount.